Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. This isn't what it looks like. Secret series by... Book number... Chapter 22, uh, chapter, wait, hold on, hold on. No, chapter, um, Chapter 20. Oh my gosh, chapter all right, for a second, 20. I tricked my brain and I was like, is this out of order again? Chapter 20. Chapter 20. As above, so below. God, I'm terrible. I'm, honestly, that was terrible. I'm not even going to read, try that As again. above, below. So below. So below. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. I'm better. <laughs> yeah, that's the chapter name, by the way. Chapter 20, As Above, So Below. We're on page 368. Marvelous. Marvelous. I want to say marvelous. Because marvelous sounds like oh, marvelous. sorry, you had to begin my slide. I was going to say marvelous. Or nope. Max Ernest. Nope, it doesn't. Are you ready? <laughs> Minus the crowd of students, the camera obscura had a calmer, more contemplative quality, like a museum or a library. The screen did indeed, after sweeping... offer a sweeping panoramic view of the renaissance fair but alas only one side of the fair lord pharaoh could be riding past us right now but we couldn't see him because this hole's pointed in the wrong direction max Ernest complained maybe we should get out of here and start asking around somebody must have seen which way he went asked yo yoji what do you say Cass? just a sec Cass said taking out the double monocle i think i just saw something first ow first when she looked up at the image through the monocle, it did not look much different. Then there were, w- there were no signs of Lord Farrell that she could see on horseback or off, in armor or out. But there was just one jester hat that couldn't help grabbing her attention, despite her best efforts to ignore all of the jester hats in the fair. The point was that it looked so much like the jester's hat, although it did. The man, the point... Uh, 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 that, that it did. The point wasn't even that the wasn't even that the man wearing the hat looked so much like the jester, as well as the man wearing it, was that on was only visible when she looked through the monocle. Wait, I'm reading. Three times. To- okay, you're right here. Three times. Here, I'll just restart. On this, you were on this page. I know. Okay. Through the monocle. Three times, she removed the monocle to check, and three times, the man disappeared from her sight. And yet, when she raised the monocle to her eye, he looked like it as clear as as clear and. Um, present. Present. As any... As anybody else who crossed her path, her... Her ears flushed? Let me see. Fluished? Yeah, flushed. Flushed with 
excitement. It was the it was the jester. Her Yay. jester in the world just upside down. As above, so below. Interesting. She thought remembering the upside down jester in her last tarot card reading. The seer had told her to follow the jester. Is this what it meant? You're on, okay, you're on or. Or, okay, let me just adjust little, little lady. Or. Okay, let me just adjust everything. Or, was Cass just, was Cass just seeing things? Maybe the jester wasn't really there at all, she thought. And my head is recreating him from memory. Then again, her entire journey from the past had, in a sense, been in her head. So it was just all so confusing. The sound of the, the, sound of the cell phone ringing, and ringing brought Cass's attention back to the room. Max Ernest took his phone out of his pocket and looked at the number. Befundlement on his face. Who do you think it is? He asked his friends. The only people that ever call me are you guys, unless it's my brother. Nervous, he clicked it on. Hi, Max Ernest. It's Daniel. Who? There was a pause on the other end of the line. Through gritted teeth. Daniel, not Danielle. Oh, oh, hi. Daniel, not Danielle, spoke in a rush. I didn't know who else to call. I didn't want to call the principal or anybody just in case. Well, Glob, he ditched he ditched the camera obscure and I didn't want to get him into more trouble. You're calling because he ditched? No, no, it's because of what he wrote in his blog. I thought you were... I thought you were that comic you were at that comic book thing, said Max Ernest, confused. I was, but I got home early and went online. Daniel not Dan- Danielle proceeded to tell Max Ernest about Glob's blog post, omitting the part where the Glob made fun of Daniel, <laughs> not Danielle, as well as part of the part he complained about Max Ernest, right up to the part where Glob sees what looks like a ghost drinking from a cup. M- yep. It's Lord Pharaoh. Remember he said one of the people was, it looked like a ghost was drinking. Okay. Right up to the, okay. Max Ernest put his hand over the phone and whispered to the others, Glob saw Lord Pharaoh, and now I think the midnight sun might have him. Into the phone, he asked, where's the last place that he said he was? He crossed some dry rivers and he's supposedly hiding in a cave right now. Unless they got him. They, there's no riverbed around here, is there? While Max Ernest was speaking, Cass watched the jester cross just such a riverbed. In the past, she may have found the coincidence remarkable, but she was getting very used to seeing things, seeing the storylines of her life overlap and converge. I know where it is. I think, I think I know where he went. Ooh. Oh, gabalash. I think I know where he went, she said. Ooh, gabalash, yeah. Not mentioning the jester. She, she was reluctant to tell her friends about him, still fearing what would happen if they knew about her visions. If you find him, do me a favor, Daniel, not Danielle. Tell him that he shouldn't call himself the Globster. It's embarrassing. I think that's supposed to be a pun, said Max Ernest, hopefully. You know, lobster, globster. By the time Max Ernest got off the phone, his friends were already out the door. Are you sure this is where we... Are you sure this is where to go? Asked Max Ernest about ten minutes later. We're getting kind of far from the run fair. 
Cass didn't want to answer, so she just kept leading them further into the woods. Holding the monocle up to her eyes, she looked like a particularly determined naturalist chasing after a rare species of butterfly. Max, Ernest, and Yo-Yoji were a bit mystified that Cass was so certain about their direction that they were headed, but they weren't about to let her continue on her own, not without having woken up so recently from a coma, not with the midnight sun and the ghost of Lord Pharaoh lurking about. "'Is anybody else hungry?' asked Yo-Yoji. "'I am,' said Max, Ernest, "'and I'm all out of chocolate.' Not stopping, Cass felt around the sides of her pocket in her backpack with a plastic baggie full of her trademark superchip trail mix and tossed it over her shoulder." and tossed it over her shoulder. Did I say that? Sorry, you guys, yeah. we just paused. Okay. Her friends greedily ransacked the baggie, Max Ernest extracting as many of the chocolate chips as he could. Luckily, it was not a hot day, and the chocolate chips hadn't melted yet. Hey, I think that that might be the boulder that Glob hid under, said Max Ernest. He said it was shaped like a hamburger. Yoyuji called out to Cass, who was getting further and further ahead. Wait up, Cass, we found the boulder. You guys, check it out. I'll meet you there. Before they could argue, she disappeared behind a tree. The jester was still a good 30 or 40 feet ahead of her. Whenever she got cl too close, he would speed up. When she lagged too far behind, he would slow down. Because the monocle refused to stay in her eye socket, when she had to hold it up. Whenever she needed her hand to move or brush leaves aside, she had to remove the monocle, meaning, meaning often as not she couldn't see the jester. <laughs> But he was always there when she looked through the monocle again. If they were connected by an invisible thread, that might slacken or tighten, but it would never snap. Eventually, he stopped and let her come much closer. Hi, she said shyly, his finger to his lips to shush her. Then he pointed ahead to the where the path ended in a large oak tree. He smiled at her, then he vanished. She felt suddenly very sad and bereft. Why hadn't he spoken? Why had he led her all this way out here only to disappear? She ran to the oak tree and saw the other side was a dirt road, not unlike the one she had walked on in the beginning of her journey of the past. Up ahead was a small gas station. It looked old and abandoned. Then she saw him, not the jester, but Lord Pharaoh. Correction. Then she saw where he was. She couldn't see Lord Pharaoh himself. She had taken off, he had taken off of his helmet and seemingly empty, empty suit of armor that appeared to be sitting astride his horse all by itself. Just as she raised the monocle to her eye, he looked up and saw her. His face was now visible to Cass, but he, but hardly more alive. He looked like, he looked even emptier inside than he had before. Cass felt her ears prickle with fear. Be brave, she told herself. The jester wouldn't have led you here led you to him if you didn't think you were strong enough to face him. Lord Pharaoh broke into an ugly smile. Cassandra, is it? They tell me what they tell me that is your name. It suits you. Bearer of bad news. I knew that first when I met you that you would be a blot in the future. The alchemist dismounted. I hear from my what shall I call them? My modern day colleagues that you're a terrible pest. Off the horse, he was no less imposing. He towered over Cass when he reached her. She took a step backwards and found herself up against a tree. If you're talking about Dr. L and Mrs. Mavius, they wish, they wish I was a pest, Cass stammered, trying to sound much tougher than she felt. Did they tell you that every time they tried to stop me, I stopped them? They told me enough. He gripped her shoulder with his cold, steel-clad hand. 
She shrank from his touch but could not wiggle free. Now is your chance to make up for your sins and those of your ancestors. My ancestors, Cass managed to whisper. She didn't know whether it was due to his ghostly state or some alchemical trick, but she could feel Lord Pharaoh's supernatural strength. He had no doubt. She had no doubt he could strangle her with a single hand. <clears throat> that infernal jester and that heathen bandit woman. <gasps> She's related to Anastasia. Oh my God. Anastasia's and the jester got married and had her had a baby. And that was like her great, great grandmother. <gasps> oh my gosh. Wait, how do you know? Because she said her ancestors and he said, Anastasia, he said that bandit woman, which was Anastasia and that jester, infernal jester. Lord Pharaoh shook his free fist in fury. It was, I was this close to Gideon in my hands, the secret, this close but you never found it, Cass vertently hoped this was the case. Oh, yes, I found it. I found it, said Lord Pharaoh. Those tomb robbers who dug it up didn't even know what they had, ignorant thieves. I came to them about a small statue. Uh, I came to them about a small statue of the goddess Mutt. When I saw the torn piece of papyrus, I forgot all about the statue. I knew right then and right I knew right away that it was worth more than all the gold in the tombs of Egypt. On the back were, were hieroglyphs that could change the course of history. The secret? Yes, the secret, you little fool. Before I could translate the single hieroglyphic, those sniveling scavengers snatched the papyrus away from me. They could see how much I wanted to keep it and demanded more and more money until I had no choice but to have those vermin exterminated. You killed them, asked Cass, horrified. A minor detail. The important thing was for me to fulfill my destiny. You see, I was, I am, the only man on earth capable of understanding the secret. I have studied, I who have, oh, I who have studied all the ancient arts. I believe who, I who have mastered alchemy like no man before. No, or no before or since i have made a life with my own hands but the jester got the secret first cast guest he and that thieving woman confound them they ambushed my manservant they ambushed my manservants moments before he was to deliver the papyrus on my doorstep imagine lord pharaoh foiled by a pathetic comedian and his wife i knew it Cass nearly realized that he meant the jester and Anastasia had married, but her face remained frozen. Naturally, my servant paid with his life. Now, unless you want to pay with yours, you'll tell me where that ro how that rock works. He dangled the lodestone in front of Cass. It was the first time that she'd seen it up close. Max Ernest had noticed previously that it was shaped like an eye and had a vein of gold running through it. It spun around. The back of the pendant was polished silver and it flashed in the sun a lodestone attracts metal yes but what what use is that to me if i grind it into powder will a spirit rise if i crack it open will i find a pearl the gold thread that runs through the stone is that the key i thought perhaps your jester would have left a message on the back but it is smooth as glass it's like a mirror but you remember what it is to be a ghost. I cannot even see my own reflection. He closed his fist around the lodestone. What 
is the lodestone's secret? Where is the secret? I don't really know, said Cass truthfully. Then she remembered that the homunculus, what the homunculus said about Lord Pharaoh. His weakness is his vanity. Show him a mirror and you'll gain a minute. But I can show you your own reflection. How? His tone remained sour. But she could tell his curiosity was piqued. Hand me the stone and I'll show you. Lord Pharaoh hesitated only briefly. If you try to run off with it, I'll find you and I'll destroy you. I know, said Cass reassured him, although she knew nothing of the kind. As soon as Lord Furrow dropped the lodestone in her hand, she felt a pulling towards the monocle. The stone fits snugly within the rim of the monocle, almost as if their dimensions were designed to match. Cass quickly glanced through the monocle over to confirm to see what the reflection of the silver surface of the back of the stone. Then she held it up for Lord Pharaoh to see. Ah, what an obvious trick. I am almost disappointed. Although Cass could no longer see Lord Pharaoh's face to the naked eye, he was invisible again. She craned her neck to see if she could see his reflection through the lens of the monocle. Despite his dismissive words, he was gazing steadily at his own. Imagine, the homunculus had been right about him. Lord Pharaoh was vain, even as a ghost. Here in your time, I would, I would be over 500 year olds, and yet I look like a young man. Do I not? Cass looked... Cass thought as he looked like an old snake, but she didn't think it was necessary to say so. Definitely. I've never seen anybody with eyes like yours. That last part was true, at least. Oh, don't try and flatter me, said Lord Pharaoh, but could you, but you could tell he was pleased. Cass had to think quickly. She only had two potential weapons in her hand, the monocle and the lodestone. Given the choice, of course, there was no, there was one she would rather prefer to keep, the one that led her to the secret. Now watch this. If you pull the monocle further away from your eye, it kind of catches the light, she said, improvising. What are you showing me? asked Lord Fair, irritated to have his reflection pulled away from him. Just keep looking at your reflection. In one motion, Cass grabbed the lodestone with her left, lodestone with her left hand, reaching back and then forward with her right, throwing the monocle as hard as she could into the direction. She hopped, she hoped of the, of his forehead. In her advantage point, it looked as though the monocle stopped in midair. Ow, what are you doing, you little rat? Lord Pharaoh caught the monocle only a second, but it was enough time for her to start running. Glob was fine. Once Max Ernest and Yo-Yoji had given him a few handfuls of trail mix, that is, he'd been hiding in the cave for over two hours, terrified but safe. Is it just because I'm so hungry, or is this really good, asked Glob, his mouth full of Cass's trademark combination of chocolate chips, peanut butter chips, potato chips, and banana chips, and no raisins ever. I hate raisins, too. Yeah. I usually hate raisins. Trail- I usually hate trail mix. This It's so healthy. Don't worry. Don't worry. Cass isn't very healthy, said Max Ernest. Everything in it's just either fried or sugar. Oh, that's good. That makes me feel better, said Glob. Taking another handful, I wonder if it would be. I wonder if Cass would want to sell bags of it on my blog, or maybe she would license the, license the recipe. I know a lot of really good marketing people. It's all about branding, and with and with my reader base, I doubt it. But you could always ask," said Max Ernest, cutting him off. Yo Yoji held up his hand. "Quiet, dudes. Listen. I think I, that's her." Seconds later, they heard Cass screaming her their name. "Max Ernest, Yo Yoji, where are you?" They pulled themselves out of the cave just in time to see Cass running towards them. Behind her was an apparently an empty suit of armor, running after her like a horseless, headless horseman. Whoa, said Glob. Come on, 
Help me break this off, said Yoyoji, grabbing a tree branch the size of a knight's lance. Together, the three boys pulled off the branch until it snapped, throwing Glob to the ground. Ow! Are you guys going to fight him again? asked Max Ernest. You're crazy! Yoyoji was about to argue and then said, You're right, I just got a better idea. Both of you get out of sight. As the other two boys moved from the trail, Yoyoji crouched behind a bush. As soon as Cass had run by, the sound of Lord Pharaoh's heavy steel boots could be heard. Yoyoji thrusted the branch across the trail, wedging it against a rock on the other side. He held it with a boot with both hands about a foot above the ground. He was counting on Lord Pharaoh's eyes being on Cass, and they were. Lord Pharaoh's steel-clad shin rammed right into the branch, and he fell forward just as Yo-Yoji had hoped. Yo-Yoji simultaneously pulled on the branch, forcing Lord Pharaoh's legs in the air and his invisible head on the ground. Now run! Yo-Yoji shouted to the others. As he started looking back, Glob and Max Ernest scrambled back to the trail and started running as fast as they could. Cass was waiting just ahead, with Cass and Yo-Yoji taking turns, Pulling Glob along, they all ran backwards to the Renaissance or back towards the Renaissance Fair, stopping when they'd reached the other side of the fair by the dry riverbed. Look back, none of them could see Lord Pharaoh, but of course that didn't mean he wasn't there. Cass felt an unfamiliar unfamiliar chill. She was sure that he was watching them, and the sooner that she'd meet Lord Pharaoh again or and sooner or later she'd meet Lord Pharaoh again. Come on, let's go," said Cass. They didn't stop running until they got they reached the school bus. Ho 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 ho! Spooky. Whoa. <laughs>